on, church. Sing this with all you've got. And all the earth will shout your praise. Amen. Come on, shout to the heavens, sing.
I just pray, God, that you be with us today. And that more than anything, it's not about any anything that we could receive, Lord God. We have come here as a, as a church, as a people, to say we want to bless you, God. We want to bless you with our praise. We want to bless you with our lives, God. We want to just unleash, Lord God, the best of who we are, Lord God, to you, God. The best of our praise, the best of our fervor, Lord, our passion, Lord God, our song. It's all yours, God. I pray you be with us here today. You're already here, God. We're anticipating, Lord God, a moment with you. We're anticipating heaven to come down, to heal hearts, to change lives for the glory of God. And let that be our praise. Let that be our anthem as Hill City, Lord God. The city on a hill is not so we could be seen. It's so that, Lord God, that they would see our lives and our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Give God praise like you mean it. Woo! You guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? It is a good, good day. I just... I just ask that, man, we don't transition mentally, like, out from what God is doing right now. I believe that God truly wants to speak to our hearts, to change our lives, to, to use us, to move in us. And, and, and I don't want you to hold back your praise from God. You, man, we hold back a lot of things in life. But the last thing I want us to hold back is our praise from God. There's no one deserves your praise more than God, I'm telling you. 
And sometimes God gets our leftovers. I don't want to give God any of our leftovers here. I'm not, I don't want to be more excited by what's going to happen after this. I'm excited right now for God to speak to our hearts and change our lives. Because Jesus is with us. That's it. And I don't know how to add anything else to that. That God is with us. That God is with us and he is for us. At this time, the guys are going to come forward in our giving. And I'm going to read you something out of Galatians. one moment. Greet the person next to you as I find my verse here. Say hello. Greet the person that you picked second. Right? Yeah. In Galatians 6, uh, Paul the Apostle is speaking to this church, and he says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked, which means that, and then it continues, a man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, that and from that nature will reap destruction. The one that sows to please the spirit, from that spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap our harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And more than anything, I'm just saying, don't grow weary. Because we grow weary so easily in well-doing to do the right thing. Don't grow weary in loving God. Don't grow weary in your praise. Don't let anything back you down. From here, you know, I don't, I'm not telling you to go get all crazy and emote. You can if you want. I love it. But I'm just telling you, like, let give God your best. God is not mocked. What we, what we sow is what we reap. When you sow praise, man, you will reap joy in your heart. When you sow your mourning unto God, you will reap a, a harvest of praise in your life. There, God trades beauty for ashes, and God does a move in us, and he's, I believe that God wants to do a mighty work, and that sounds so churchy, but I, God really wants to change your life. I don't know how else to put it. Because I, God has changed my life. God has changed. The, the reason I stand here today is, I always say, it's none of my doing. I can't believe I got, I, that I get to lead this church. When I came to Colorado, I was so jacked up, 21 years old, right out of college, drug addict, coming to Colorado to run away from Dallas because I, I couldn't stop. That's right. That, that's, what, that's what you got. That's what you got, man. And, and, we, and we come to God and we say things are, that's impossible. I'm saying, man, if you, if we believe in God, all things are possible. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're going through today. Some of us are going through such hardships. The moment I, I, I walked into this door, people are telling me things that are going on in life. And it's so heavy. You guys are going through some heavy things. Some heavy things. And I want us to trust in God in these moments. I want you to continue to pray for my wife. She's, uh, she's still dealing with her headaches last night. I was like, I wonder, I, I, we were wondering if we were going to take her to the hospital last night. We were just waiting to see if it got anywhere. So I was just like, dear Lord, let her just pass out. You know, in those moments where she, you see the agony in her face. And, and you, as a husband, I don't know what to do. I just say nice things. Like, you look beautiful. And she's like, shut up. Like, let me be in my, let me just 
like, ah, let me just get this out. And I, and I don't know what to do. And, I, and, I, and I'm just praying for her as she's sleeping. And then you're not sleeping. And I know some of you guys are going through the same things. If we're going through, I know that some of you guys are dealing with it financially. Some of you guys are dealing with it relationally. Some of you guys are at your jobs. You're so stressed out. And there's things that look impossible for you. And I'm telling you, God is not mocked. He plays no fool. Whatever you sow, start sowing praise. Start sowing life, and you will reap joy. Start sowing what you, what you need. Don't take it away, man. Sow it. Sow it. And as we give today, as we live today, I pray that we be generous people. We live as generous people. But be, be, if you're in here and you just need prayer today, I just want you to raise your hand. I want us to pray together. Just raise your hand. There's one in the back right here. One right there. Just keep your hands up, please. And, uh, and Candace, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. And I want some of the people around them to put, just lay your hand on their shoulder. Just do it. Move if you need to move. Let's be the body of Christ. Don't be embarrassed. This is when we have to actually be bold about something. I'm believing in the miracle of God. That in Jesus' name, all things are possible. And I want people to see that God can change anything. So I'm going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for a miracle, God. Great is God in this place, Lord God. But we pray, Lord God, for a life-changing miracle in this place, Lord God. You have changed so many lives in this place, Lord God. And you're continuing to work, Lord God. But there is major things going on in people's lives. There's major heartaches, major things that we say it's impossible, Lord God. Only you can do it, Lord. So I pray, I beg you, God. I beg you for healing. I beg you, Lord God, to answer prayer, Lord God, that you would come here, Lord God, and that you would heal hearts, that you would heal marriages, that you would heal relationships, Lord. You would restore the purposes on our life. We're just living for no reason. We're just living. We're just surviving. We're just maintaining, Lord God. And we know there's more for our life. And I pray, restore purpose, Lord God. Restore vision and restore new life today, God. I pray you answer prayer today, God. Let today be a new start to marriage. Let today be a new start to that job we've been praying for. Lord God, I pray and I know, Lord God, as we seek you, we will find you. If we seek you with all our heart and with all our heart, we're seeking you today. We love you. We thank you. And God, do a miracle. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of miracles. You said all, Lord God, all authority has been given to you, Lord God. Now go and be disciples. Represent me. Pray for people. Heal the sick. Go. Proclaim the gospel. Be, be, tell them to be obedient to what I've told you. And I pray, let that be our role. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for praying. I love it. Thank you for praying. And God bless the offering in Jesus' name. Secondary. Second, you guys can pass that out. So today at 5, if you are wanting to have a hangout, we're going to hang out at, uh, at, we call it the Purple Park. It's uh, Northern Lights. Uh, ball field. It's right behind uh, Shatter. No, not Shatter Ridge. We're in Shatter Ridge. Sorry. My brain doesn't work right now. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, no. 
um, right behind Rocky Top Middle School. And so we're going to hang out at 5. Basically, you just bring your own food, bring your kids. There's a huge park there. We'll set up a volleyball um, net, and you guys can play. We can get to know each other. We'll just, we're just really chill is what we are. And so bring your dinner, bring your family, bring your friends, and let's hang out. Let's hang out together. So we're going to do that today at 5 o'clock. So we'll see you there at Northern Lights. And if you want to play relay games, Dee is really into them. She's like checked out like 50 on Pinterest. She's picked out the best ones. So she has a sign-up sheet for them. So see Dee Billman over here if you want to play relay games. And I'm sure that will be lots of fun. So we'll see you guys there at 5 this afternoon. Thank you, guys. Make sure you come to that. It's a good time just to get to know people. If you're uh, newer to... Uh, to Hill City. It's a great place to get connected and get to know some people. And, and, and I apologize before we begin because I am so competitive. And so I might hurt your feelings when I win. Uh, but that's just how life goes. So uh, cheat. I do not cheat. Most sometimes. But today I get the pleasure of, uh, of uh, dedicating a baby today. Dedicating a baby. If Franco and Heidi could come up I get the privilege and whoever else you want to bring Franco and Heidi if you want them all to come up that's fine whatever you want to do bring them up but we get to dedicate baby Rosa Ooh, she looks beautiful today yeah please come up everyone please come up and if someone help them grab their camera and take pictures for them this is Franco and Heidi's family give them a hand guys Go ahead, Franco and Heidi, get in the middle right here. Get in the middle. Oh, man, she brought a team. Yeah, that, that means you have just raised the attendance at our church alone today by bringing your family. All right? That's pretty awesome. So baby dedication, if, if you, uh, that's what we do. Uh, we don't baptize babies. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. We don't baptize babies just because we, we dedicate babies and it's found in scripture in the old testament and the new testament jesus himself was dedicated in the new testament by the high priest simeon but the story that i wanted to use is from is first samuel uh, and there is a woman named hannah and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she asked god for a son she was barren for a very long time and god finally answered her prayers of her heart and and i i feel like it's so fitting for you guys because you guys prayed and you guys prayed and you guys got your miracle and she's in your arms today and uh, isn't 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 she beautiful man just it's it's incredible i'm gonna hold her can you hold this mic And God answered Hannah's prayers, and she bore a son named Samuel. And Hannah, in return, dedicated Samuel. And she took Samuel after he was a little older and grew up a little bit. And Samuel held, I mean, Eli, the high priest, held Samuel in, in his arms and dedicated, dedicated Samuel. And he became the first prophet of Israel, the first judge of Israel, 
And it says in the Bible that not one word fell to the ground of Samuel's, that he was such, uh, he, was, he himself was a move of God. And I, that's what we want to pray over. We want to pray. We want to pray blessing. Ooh, that, she likes that. We want to pray, look, give, give baby Rosa a hand. Look at her. She is a miracle, guys. They've been praying for a long time. And I get the privilege of praying for her. But a baby dedication is not just the dedication of a child, but it's the dedication of a family. We know how important family is to raising a child. And I pray, and I, I wrote a couple of things here, that today that you, that you guys are the roadmap to her life. And the way that she looks at life is through your eyes. She's going to follow you guys. That's just how, she, that's how we do life. We follow those who are ahead of us. And, 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 and listen, God has placed her in your, your care. She is a gift. She is a gift. Lead her. Teach her. Love her. Learn to celebrate her. Don't speak words of death because all of us know we remember every word that was spoken of death over us. We just remember. That's how we we're built. Because, and, and then we also remember the moments we were celebrated and how we felt. Learn to celebrate her life anytime you're around her. Cover her. Be careful what you say. Sometimes families, we don't forgive. And you're always around each other, and there's always a weirdness when you're around. And sorry if that's your family right now. I'm not saying it is, but it can be. It's most of our families, all right? But, man, get over it quickly. There's people watching us for maturity. Isn't that crazy? So we get over it. We, we, let, we, we, we love quickly. We forgive quickly. But today I get, I'm going to pray for you. And, and, and Franco and Heidi... The best thing that you guys can do for Rosa is to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. It just is. And the second best thing you can do for Rosa is to put her third. Don't put her before your marriage. You, you want to you wanna, you wanna, you wanna do something good for her? Make your relationship more important than her. Because when, when she sees a mom and dad that loves each other and loves God, that's the best thing you can do for her. And sometimes we mix things up, and we, we, we get our priorities wrong. But when you see a mom and dad that I love when I see a beautiful married couple and they have kids, and, and they, they, their kids get to watch something beautiful, and it's a rarity. It just is in our culture. Make it, make it yours. Make that real for her. So I'm going to pray over her, guys. I'm going to pray over you guys. But uh, if you guys can just... just, uh, just um, just stretch your hands towards Rosa, and we're going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer for her. Heavenly Father, we pray for Rosa right now, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I bless her in my arms today. I pray for a sweet spirit, Lord God. I pray you give her wisdom beyond her years, Lord God, that she would be the smartest in class, God. I pray that, that she would know you at a young age, Lord God, and she would have a sensitive spirit, God, knowing your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that she would be full of grace and mercy, Lord, and she would share that mercy with those who are around her, God. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would use her, Lord God, to the fullness of her ability, that she would know that she's your child, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. I'm going to put her right back into your arms. I have a couple of things. Oh, it's up here already. 
here we go. I have a Bible for her, her and a certificate that I forgot to sign. So just remember that. I'll sign that later. We'll do it later. It's like a wedding certificate that you, I forgot to sign. I do that sometimes too. But give this family a hand, everyone. And family, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today. Whew. Thank you, Gio. If you're a guest here, welcome. My name is John, and uh, just glad that you're here. More than anything, we want to celebrate people, and we want to celebrate God in this place. We believe those are the two most important things. And you can tell this is a family church because kids are running around everywhere. And, uh, but we are on the message series, We Are Hill City. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to run right into it. So let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. I pray today that you would speak to our hearts, change our lives, reveal Jesus Christ in your scriptures, Lord God, and let that make the lasting impact in us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Gio. We are Hill City. We are working through the core values. Say core values. I believe every family has core values, spoken or unspoken. There's certain things that we do and we do not do that represent and define us. Uh, we, and, and that's what a core value is. Core value is a unique call that God has given our church that's what we want to do. This is what we want to represent. The first value is encountering Jesus. We understand that church doesn't change lives. What we do is remove everything in the way so that people can encounter Jesus. That's what we want it to happen because Jesus changes everything. I'm telling you, church did not change me. Jesus, there was an encounter with Jesus. There was a moment, and it happened in church. There was a moment that I just, man, and, and I hope that it happened for some of the youth this week. There was a moment that I could experience God's presence. It was different. It wasn't a theological discussion. It wasn't like this. It wasn't a, an aha. I was reading something. It was a moment where I could feel, literally feel God's presence. And that's what I want people to feel. I want people to experience Jesus in our worship, in our prayer, every time we meet in groups. And I want that to be life-changing, to be life-changing. And, and value number two, we are family. Family is something that uh, I guess our culture is not, we're not the best at family. It's, it, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like if you, I, I love to see like other cultures and family. I, I'm going to just throw this in there. Man, when I go to like a Mexican family's Christmas, it's different than a Korean family's Christmas, Right? They're like all together. Like Korean family Christmas is like, all right, we're, we're going to go eat somewhere. You, what, you guys want to join us or something? It's like nothing. <laughs> it's not a big deal, right? Crazy Koreans, right? But like if you got, I went to like this, uh, this uh, I went with my friend Josh Roberts. He's half Jewish, half Mexican. And I, was, I thought I, was, I wasn't expecting much. But their Christmases last a long time, right? It was like for several days. And we ate menudo for several days too. And I, ve I very much enjoyed that. But I was like, man, that's very different. They really kind of, they understand the depth of family different than how we understand it. We just live together. Like Asians, like Koreans, we live together so we could save money. <laughs> but sometimes the family isn't as close. That's just how we do. Don't, don't, don't judge me, right? That's just how we do. That's how it works out in, in, my, in my culture. But, uh, but we are family. God designed faith to be worked out in the context of family, in 
deep community. God designed it that way, where we journey in life together, where we sacrifice together, where we worship together, learn together, cry together, laugh together. And that's what a spiritual family is. And it comes with both encouragement and rebuke. Right? It's not all games and fun. Sometimes they call you out and it hurts. Family, when they call you out, you either... You either call them out on something because you got a real issue, you know. Have you, have you ever, and I know husbands and wives, we do that, and we talked about it in the past, like, hey, you called them out on something. You're like, you know, I, I, I love you so much, Candace, that I, I, I want to talk to this area of your life. And then Candace will immediately call something out in my life because she doesn't really want to talk about the issue in her life. You know how that goes back and forth? I, I don't know if you know. That, you know, sometimes happens with us. <laughs> right? Because we don't want to deal with the issue at hand. We want to just throw something out, and then we want to trump them. We want to cover them and say, I got you. Oh, you want to throw that at me? I got something for you. Then you, then you go dumpster diving, right? And you, you remember that one time when I was pregnant? That's no, kidding. I got, I got so many bad stories of what, what I have done. Uh, one time when Candace was pregnant, we were beginning this church, and, this, and she never throws this out on me. But she was, uh, we were, she was getting, um, she had to get some testing done, and they were going to put this big needle in her, like this big, like in, through her belly, into the baby. To t- yeah, some sort of crazy test. And, uh, and during that same time, we were starting this church. So I'm, I'm talking to her. She's like, it's like, she is in distress, right? And I'm just talking to her about church. Like, all right, I think we should do this. And, um, and uh, how are we going to deal with youth? Or uh, how do you want to do children? And then Candace is like, can you just, just focus, John? Can you just focus in this moment? I'm about to go into the doctors. And then I said the worst words possible as a husband. I said, Candace, it's not about you. <laughs> see, see, all the husbands know how stupid that is. They're like, yeah, that is just Tino. That's, that's just stupid. You would never do that. But I did. I did. And then we're going through the testing, and she's crying the whole time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. But there's moments in life we just do the dumbest things. And I don't know why I brought that up, but I just want to tell you how human we all are. We don't need to fake it to make it. We all make, we make huge mistakes, and we can share those mistakes so I can tell future husbands, don't do that. That's dumb, right? That's dumb. And, 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 and the future husband's like, I already know that, John, right? Chase is like, that, that already sounds dumb. I know, Chase, I know. But learn from my mistake. Don't do that. But that's, uh, see, yeah, I needed to learn that rebuke. You can encourage me later, right? But, but we are family. We, we, we learn from each other's mistakes, and we learn from each other's successes. That's how we grow. And then our value number three, finding purpose. One of the greatest roles that we have as a church is to help people realize their purpose. The greatest impact we believe that you can make in this world is by living out your purpose and not living out someone else's dream. By living out the the way that God made you, the way that God has placed you, your divine destiny. But people cannot live in their purpose when they're stuck in their past. You can't. When you're living on your hang-ups, your addictions, your wounds, and your fears, and many of us carry deep hurts that keep us from moving forward, honestly. And last week, we talked about that. So if you missed that, I want you to... 
go back and listen to last week because we need to, just like the people of Israel, they weren't only set free from the Egyptians. It says in Exodus 6 that they were set free from the Egyptians and they were set free from slavery. Why would God say, write it down that way? Why would, why would the writer write it down that way? Because they needed to be set free physically, but they needed to be set free mentally, emotionally. Some of us, we are free as a bird, and we know who Jesus is, yet we live enslaved. We lived entrapped by bondage. And if that's you, I want you to listen to last week's message. I think it's very important because it helps you move on. Many of us, we all need deliverance. Say deliverance. And deliverance sounds like something from The Exorcist, right? But it's more like something from FedEx, right? If deliverance is not much exorcism, it's more FedEx. God is trying to take us out of something so he can take us into something. That's deliverance. And deliverance does not, it does not complete until the package is delivered. It's taken from one place to another. Yet often we settle for half delivery, right? We, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, oh, we're okay. Even when we're totally not okay, we don't really need to deal with that issue, even though we really need to deal with that issue. And we're like, it won't affect my marriage. Of course it's going to affect your marriage. Of course it's going to affect the way you, your identity, the way you look at yourselves, your hang-ups. That's why we need to let God complete the healing in deliverance, complete the deliverance. And there's power in confession and trusting God. And that's what we talked about. And there's power in confessing to one another. In the Bible, it says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Healed. Isn't that crazy? That's what the Bible says. When you, when you get it out, when you, get, when you confess your issue and when you confess your sin, it no longer has power over you like when it was hidden. Think about that for a moment. When something's hidden in your life and unconfessed, it has such control over you. And you try to do your best to, to keep it hidden. And I'm telling you, you got to get that out. Confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. That's James 5.16. So we are on part two of finding purpose. And every single one of us, Christian or not, Jesus, into Jesus or not, are on a spiritual journey and there's a part of you always looking for more always looking for purpose for destiny as if your life was part of some greater story and i want to tell you it's because it is there's something in all of us that says there has to be more there has to be more and listen the promise that god has made for the israelites is the promise that he still has for us and he's going to keep it and if you have your bibles please turn to exodus chapter 6 verse 6 and 7 Amen. We celebrate the word of God because we believe that it changes our lives. In, in, in the Passover, the Jewish people take the book of Exodus chapter 6, and it's, it's one of their main focuses of promise. It's the four I will statements, and they go over, and during the Passover Seder, they, they, will, they, would, they will talk about these four I will statements, and their promises of God to the people, and I want to tell you, these are the promises of God for us today, and I'm going to read. It says in Exodus chapter 6, 6, and 7, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you out. That's the first promise, right? 
I will save you. Then it says next, I will free you from being slaves to them. So he will first save us, salvation. Then he will free us, which is deliverance. This is not just a physical freedom, but a spiritual, mental, emotional deliverance, teaching them how to be free. Then the next I will statement says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. So God will stretch his arm out that God himself will come after you. That's what he's saying. That God is not in heaven saying, you know, do whatever you want. That he will go after us. That he will stoop down from heaven and come after us. And we understand of that as Jesus, that God has a plan for us, right? And that and it, it, his mighty acts of judgment to restore us to his purpose that we were created to. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. We're going to talk about that in, in the next few weeks. And this is God's plan for them and God's plan for us to have life, which is salvation, and to have it more abundantly. That's the purpose of why God promises the I will statements, so that we will have life and then have life more abundantly abundantly life itself it's saying that i will give you salvation but i don't want you to just have salvation i want you to know what it means to live abundantly in me but yet we many of us we have salvation down some of us we have salvation down but we don't know what it means to live in the joys of god live in the freedoms of god and i want you to live that because god is most glorified when you are most satisfied in him that means that when we are satisfied in God, our lives so radiates the glory of God, which is just church talk means that when you are satisfied, when you're happy, when your joy comes from God, man, you live in a way that is so different, so full, so abundant. And I want you to live that life. I don't want anything, to, any sin, any hang-up to hold you back from the life that God has for you. So the word is redeem. Say redeem. God says, I will redeem you in Exodus 6.6. And Webster's dictionary definition of redeemed is to buy back or repurchase. Think about that. That means that we were made by God for God and with his spirit within us and when God made us, yet we all went our own way. It says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It also says that sin separates us from God. It separates us. In Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you are once far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And what that means is that Jesus comes after us with an, he redeems us with an outstretched arm. That means he stretches out towards us, even when we don't stretch out towards him. Think about that. And that Jesus came and stretched out his life for us and he came down to live the life that we lived and to live a perfect life so that he could give his life in trade for ours he came after us to bring us back again to him another definition of the word redeemed means to repair or restore anyone uh, have seen like an old like a restoration of a car anyone seen a, re a restored car right anyone restoring a car right now You've probably restored it for like the last 20 years. Like, I'm still restoring it, right? If you ever know people who work on cars, they're still working on it. They're still working on it. But it's pretty amazing when you see an absolute junker, then after a while you see the finished product. You see the original intent of what it was supposed to look like, 
and, and, and you're like, this is amazing. So you take, the, and this is a pretty nice junker, I'm telling you, because I've seen things like where you couldn't even, you, can, you can't even see what it is. All you see is a frame. You're like, that's a car, right? It looks like junk, right? But then they start bringing the pieces together. They start uh, uh, cleaning it up. They, there's holes in it and they, all the rust. And, they, they, and if you've ever worked out on a car and you just have to sand all that rust down, you're sanding it down so that you can refinish it and you start restoring a car. Something that looks so nasty can look so incredible. And something that was worthless can become priceless when it's restored. Think about that. To its original intent, to its original intent. It, it no longer is it a junk, you call it vintage. Oh, that's a classic car. We used to call it, that's the junker. And it doesn't move. It sat in our garage for the last 10 years. Right? But when it's fully restored and, and it, it, to do what it's created to do, it's amazing to see. And that's what God wants to do in us. He wants to restore us from, from what, what we're going through and th- through what, the junk that's in our lives, the things that are messed up, the broken pieces of our lives. And he wants to fully restore us to its original intent of what we were made and created to do, our destiny. But why don't people live in the promise that we have in Jesus? And we, why don't we get fully restored? That's what I mean by that. Number one, it's because we have condemnation. And I believe this is so true for many of us, the word condemnation. Some of us deal with condemning ourselves, breaking ourselves down. I know that that is something I readily do constantly, and I try to stop myself, but you, you just speak. No one needs to speak words of death over you when you do. I don't know. Some of you are in this room, and you are so hard on yourself. We believe that God can restore others, redeem others, heal others, love others, use others, but we can't believe it for ourselves. Some of us in this room, that's, that's just how we, how we think because some, somewhere around the lo- down the line, something broke in us. We, it's hard to forgive ourselves. We feel like, God can't use me. We're too broken. God can't heal me. I'm too messed up. It's too late. We disqualify ourselves, and we believe that we're living plan B for our lives. Some of us, number two, we get diverted. The reason we don't live in the promises of God is we're diverted. Some of us are so busy that all we could do is just maintain and get by and just hold on, and we're diverted from God's purpose, trying to, trying to keep up with the Kardashians or the Joneses. That's what it used to be. Now it's, right, we're just trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing, and we're keeping up and keeping up, and, and we're trying to find purpose and keeping up, and then you keep up, but there's, and you still feel empty. We thought purpose could be found in our stuff, in money, in material goods, in sex, in work, and all these things are good things, but good things, when they turn into God things, will mess you up. So not only bad things divert us, but good things can divert your life from your purpose. I'm telling you. And today, if you're living in condemnation or you feel diverted, I want to encourage you. And I, I, and I really mean this. It's never too late to be who you might have been. It's something that I say around you here and there, but I really mean that. I, because many of us, we thought it could not be. That I could not have that sort of marriage. That I cannot have that sort of life. That God can't bless me here or God, doesn't want, God can't heal my life here. But I'm telling you, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, For the gifts 
of God, God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. It do, he cannot take it back. He says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. God has not changed his mind about you. He can still fulfill his plan for your life, even though you don't think so. Think about that for a moment. The gifts and callings of God, Anthony, for you are irrevocable. You don't need to live plan B. There is no plan B in the kingdom of God. God will do what he wants to do in your life if you allow him. There is no plan B. The only plan B we live is the one we choose for ourselves. The one we says, I can't, I won't, it's, not, it's too late. We say these words of death over you. But the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. So what do we do? How do we move into our purpose? Your purpose is not too far from you. I'm telling you. It's not far. Your destiny is not too far away. So how do we do it? And it's the word spiritual gift. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Spiritual gifts. And to move into God's purpose, we must discover the gifts that God has uh, placed in us and put in us so that he has a place to fulfill it. Let me show you that in Scripture. Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And the word grace there is the word charis. Say charis. Charis. And, and you can see that, that it's the word you can, it, 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 it's the first word for the word charismatic, right? And anytime like you look up charismatic, it's like people going crazy, running down aisles or like handling snakes, right? Bring out the snakes, Watch this, right? It, it, that's what you see. What, that's what you think many times. That's how our media describes charismatic. But they have stolen that word because the word charismatic was, it, it speaks about God's grace gift. That's what charismatic means, or the word uh, charis. That's what it means, the, the gift of grace, the grace gift, a divine ability, a divine enablement. It's just easy for you. Some of you, it's easy to serve others. It's just in you, or to lead, or to administrate, or to discern a bad situation. You're just good at it. My wife is so good at discerning a situation while I'm just blind. I'm like, huh? That happened? Did I not live? You know, I just come into a blind, and she can discern a situation very quickly. Some of you guys have just great faith. Christina, you have great faith. I love being around you because everyone's like so down. We're like, oh, it's never going to happen. I remember there was a meeting where we were all like just complaining and Christina's like, are you kidding me? Like she started to bring up the faith and I was like, man, jeez, oh, I apologize, you know, but she has a grace gift of faith, right? Some of you, it, 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 God has used you to heal someone supernaturally. I don't know if anyone, if God has used you to heal someone supernaturally, but I, God has used me several times to heal someone supernaturally. And it's the craziest moment because you're just like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> you know, you have no, it's, it's just in you. It's in you. And I don't know why. Some of you guys speak words of wisdom in confusing times. You have wisdom, deep wisdom that just comes from God. Some of you speak in tongues and you can interpret them to encourage the family. Some of you can prophesy and proclaim God with authority and love. These are all spiritual gifts or the charis gift that's in you, and you just don't know it yet. It's in you. It's in all of us. And the more we understand our gifts, the more we can embrace our purpose. Think about that. The more you understand your gift, the more you can embrace your purpose, where you just flow, and it's like, it, like you were born to do it because you were 
It's in you. Here at Hill City, I want you to find your gift. That's why we, we're starting something called a growth track. And we want people, we want to we help people find their purpose because we believe that's what church, the part of church is for. We help people find their purpose to mature in faith, to be effective. And you'll see it come about in, in August. We're going to move into that, into the growth track. And I will tell you more about that. But listen, I want you to move in your gifting from, and for me, speaking God's message just flows. It's easy for me to talk about Jesus and to talk about his God. I don't know why it's easy for me. It's, it, it just flows out of me. But some of you, you would, you, would, you would hate to be in this position. You would rather be bit by a dog, right? So you don't do public speaking. You're like, I do not do that. I do not want to do that, right? You avoid it like the plague. But others of you, you love to organize things, right? And, and I think everyone hates to organize things. I'm like, you don't want to do that. No one wants to do that. But my wife loves it. She can organize. Dee likes to organize things. I'm like, it's, it's easy for you. I would rather do college algebra, right? And I'm Asian, right? This is true, right? And I'm no good at algebra. But when we move in our giftedness, there is a deep fulfillment there. And I want, I want you to hear that. When you move in your gifts, there's the deep fulfillment that you don't understand why it comes there. You guys, Franco and Heidi love to teach uh, the Dave Ramsey class. And you, you, when I talk to you about Dave Ramsey, there's, there's a passion in you. It's funny. You love getting people out of that, giving them wisdom in that area and training people in that way, teaching people in that way. And there's a passion for it. So if you told me to teach it, I would teach them wrong. They'd be in more debt, right? But there's certain people with certain giftings, and they're just good at it. It's easy for you, not as easy for me. Some of you guys are good with kids, and it's easy for you. I can barely deal with Ezra, which is my youngest one, and he's crazy. He's crazy, right? And, and it's just in you that you're designed that way. You're designed that way. And so you, as you step into your, in your giftedness, you find your purpose. Your design determines your purpose. The way you are made designs your purpose. In, in the Bible, it says when you were made, well, in, in Psalms 139, it says you, uh, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, knit me together from my mother's womb. Thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well do I know it? And David is just saying there, before you made me, you put the gifts in me so that I could get to my purpose. Think about that for a moment. So what do we need to do? What, what does God want to do? Number one, God wants you to discover your purpose, your gift. Discover your gift because somewhere in your design reveals your destiny. God knows your destiny before he made you. So he put in the gift that you needed to fulfill the plan that he has for your life. And we need to embrace how God made you. Because how he made you points to what you're supposed to do. Think about that for a moment. How he made you, D, is points to what you're supposed to do, points to your purpose. That's how God makes us. And that's the key to our destiny. It starts, it starts with our design, but we have to understand first that it all comes from Jesus. That as we seek after our design in Christ, then we'll find it in Colossians 1.16. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Jesus, finds its purpose in Jesus. It starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus, all right? That's number one is, is, is discover your gift. Number two, develop your gift. Develop your gift. You got to work it out. Say, work it out. 
That's right. You got a gift in you. You got a faith muscle in you, but you got to work it out. You do. You got to work it out. You want that thing to grow, you got to work it out. And it's, 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 it's the, one of the major roles of the church. It says in Ephesians 4, but to each one of us, grace or charis has been given as Christ appointed it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and for what reason? To equip his people for the works of service. So my job and my, my primary role as, as a, the leader of this church, you know, we always call everyone pastor. I don't know why, because that's one of the, one of the roles in, in the church. But as the leader of this place, my primary role is, and it's awesome that I get to go to pray and go to hospitals and baptize and serve and speak. But biblically, that's what you're supposed to do, biblically. Somehow we flipped the script where we became consumers and someone else was a contributor. Somehow, along the lines of organizational church, we took away the gifts from everyone and said, oh, that's what I do. What you do is you listen to me. How? Don't listen to me sometimes. You know what I did to Candace. Sometimes yeah, I want you to baptize. I want you to disciple. I need you to raise up in your spiritual gifting so that the church can be the church, so it can be healthy. How healthy can it be if you get all your information just from me, if you want, are anticipating your spirituality from something that I can say? That is unhealthy. That is, that is so unhealthy. We cannot be that kind of church. You cannot be that sort of Christian. Don't be a consumer. My job is to equip you for the works of service, to equip you to be a pastor, to equip you to use your gift, to equip you to pastor your workplace, to be, give words of wisdom, to speak, to equip you to go out there and, 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 and invest into our children. Some of the best things I can do is to equip you. I think of Christina and Bobby. Who knew that you would lead our marriage ministry out, out of everyone? How crazy is that? Do you, uh, do, you think how, do you ever think about how crazy that God chose you guys to impart in marriages? And you guys are doing an incredible job. I'm telling you, give them a hand. But when, when marriages are healed or when you speak wisdom into them and they finally get it and they start working on their marriage, isn't there just a passion that lights up in you? You know why? Because that's your purpose. Man, when you, when you figure out your gifting and you live in your purpose, there's life there. There's life there. Jason Hammer, he's our, he's our internet guy, and he puts all our messages online. And at first, I'm like, why are you doing that? Who's going to watch this? Hundreds of people watch this every month, which is nuts. I'm like, this is nuts. And Jason knew that that was his gifting, but I didn't know that. And he, and, and he, man, he flows. He tells me all this technical jargon. I'm like, go talk to Paul Frank. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. I got to be in a meeting for the, for, the, for the website this last week on Monday, and I was the dumbest person in the room. I was by far the dumbest person, and Lacey could tell you that I was. So I was like, what, 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 what does that mean? What is the AD, uh, API? I don't know what that means. What's, what are you guys talking about? Like, what are you guys talking And I was like, thank God for these people because I have no idea how to put one together. And Lacey's just like charting it out. I'm like, uh, and she's like, well, what do you think of this? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> what you don't understand, Lacey, is I'm the stupidest one in that room. You don't want to ask me. You want to ask someone else, right? But they're working in their gifting, and it's beautiful when you see it, and they're passionate when they do it. And I want you to find your gifting, because that's when you develop and find out your purpose. Number three is use your gifts. Use your gift. 
Some of us, with the reason we're not fulfilled is we've been consuming for far too long. Have you ever been to the mall? And I apologize if this is you, but I'm just calling you out. But like, have you ever been to the mall and you know the kid in the stroller with the bottle is like six or seven years old? And you're like, that's so weird. I know it's hard to do. I know they're hard to control, but get them out of the stroller. That's weird, my friend. That's weird. I'm not trying to judge you, but I'm totally judging you, all right? But that's what we look like spiritually when we've been to church for years, yet we continue to consume like a baby. That's what the Bible says. When you continue to take on milk and you're not eating anything, you're like the crazy baby in the stroller when you're seven years old. And you're like, Mom, I'm hungry. Give me my bottle. You're like, that is so weird. Why are you riding the weird dinosaur? You're like, you know, it's like, it's like watching a 50-year-old man playing Pokemon Go, right? I'm not trying to judge you. Maybe I'm judging myself, all right? But I'm like, I see you in the bushes there catching your Pokemon, right? I sent a picture to one of my friends because I was at the park, and this guy, he was an older dude, and he was like, he was like the, the full-on grass, and he's going like this. And I was like, that is what our world has come to. And it's weird. I'm telling you, stop consuming. That's what it looks like to our world when Christians say, I know Jesus. But they continue to live in their hang-ups. When they continue to live without their purpose, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Please, church, let's stand together. Use your gift. Get in the game. Every Christian is in ministry every Christian. It's not just for chosen people. God has put gifts in you for the works of ministry. You are not a fan of Jesus. You are Von Miller out there. Man, you will not know until you are released to go out there in the field to play. You are getting the game. Use your gift. Use your gift. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given us gifts to each of us with his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so God's generosity can flow through you. God's generosity flows through you. God's generosity, who he is, his personality, his love, it flows through you. You are the answer to prayer. Do you know that? You are God's love to this world. You are his words. You are his hand to love the people who are poor and broken and been pushed away by society. Man, don't, ooh, I'm going to talk about it next week. I'll get on you. So if you, I won't talk about it now. It'll go too long. I'm going to hold it for next week, but it's good. It's a good thought. You're going to want to hear it. You're going to want to hear it. You are God's mercy and his grace. And when you look at situations, when we as Christians look at situations and we look at like even the racial things that are going on right now, and, and, and it says in the Bible to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Are you weeping? Or are we, are we judging people because they're weeping? Do we have the heart of Christ when we look at situations and when you see situations and you respond in a judgmental manner and you don't know how to weep and you don't know how to mourn, there's a problem with you and not them. And that's strong and I want it to be strong. I want it, and it's going to be stronger in the following weeks. So enjoy. I'm just giving you some anticipation of what Jesus would speak to us and rebuke us for. That is the very sin that the Pharisees had. 
when he would look at someone and say, look, look at their problems. Look at their issues. And, we, and, and you know what? They talked about it about the Pharisees. Jesus said something crazy about the Pharisees. He said something like in, in, in this way. He said, I would be surprised if they, I don't, if they don't go to hell. And I'm just like, that is some of the strongest wording that Jesus has ever spoken. That man, are our, is our heart far from God? And you can tell when we judge situations quickly. You can tell when we, are, we would rather pick sides than pick mercy and pick God's grace. I pray the church be the church. Church, be the church of Jesus Christ. Not the church of America or this and that, not Hill City Church. We're the church of Jesus Christ. And you can only do that. Your purpose, my purpose is to serve God by serving others. You will only find your purpose by serving others and not yourself. That's where we'll find our purpose. Let's pray. That's how, that's why God created us. Heavenly Father, you are here and you're speaking to our hearts and I pray for mercy, God. I pray mercy on our hearts. I pray we weep over the situations that are going on in our country, Lord God. In France, where 84 people have died. In Iraq, where 200 people are died. In South Sudan, where they estimate that three, up to 300 people have been murdered during the Civil War. Yet we can't, we just bat an eye and we continue, Lord God. Like, it doesn't even matter, God. I pray, have mercy on us. That we would have mercy, God. That we would long for justice, God. Jesus, I pray you change our hearts, Lord God. We cannot live in our purpose until we understand that our purpose is found in serving others by serving you, God. If you're in this room and you just still have some healing to do and there's hang-ups in your life and you need to just confess them out, if that's you and you know there's some issues that you have not dealt with, everyone can see your issues and you think you're hiding them, but they're, 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 we can see it. We can see it. Just like you can see mine. And I can, it's easy to see, but if you're there and you're saying, I just need healing, you, you need God to heal your hearts, to get you over your past, your anger, your rage, the things that is in you, if that's you, just raise your hands. God, heal my heart. God, heal my heart right now. God, heal those things. If you've been getting angry quickly, there's something in you that you need to be healed from. If you have condemned yourself quickly or you're diverted quickly, there's something in you that God needs to heal you of. Thank you. And if you're in this room, you can put your hands down and you need to get right with God right today. If you need to get right with God today, you feel far from Him. And, you, and I, I don't need to say anything else that you need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior again. We got diverted, Lord God. We got confused. But you need to come back home to God, your Father. If that's you, just raise your hand. I need to get right with God. Anyone? Heavenly Father, I pray you be in this place. Thank you. God, heal hearts and change lives. And as we go out today out of these doors, let us not just be Christians inside. Let us be, let us live out our purpose. Let us live, let us seek, discover our gifting, Lord God. Let us mature our gifting. Let us use it, God, in the, for the glory of you, God, because we will find our fulfillment and discover our gifts, Lord God, as we discover who, what we are made to do, God. Put that in us. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Get to know some people. 
Tell people your name. If no one's reaching out to you, reach out to them. Let's be bold about it. God bless you guys.